Beyond with Mike Kelton season three is brought to you by Happy Buddha Hemp. Happy Buddha Hemp has my all-time favorite CBD gummies that I literally cannot live without. All the details on my fave nightly treats and sick discounts are coming your way, Carol. But for now, let's get this episode started, shall we? Forever. Dog. What the fuck? I suck. I'm going <laughs> Goodbye, Felicia. Forever. He was a flapper in a past life. He's a comedian in this life. He's got a podcast about it. Everything he loves. Magic, magic, psychics, psychic, mediums, astrology. I'm Mike Kelton, and you're listening to Hey, Carol, and welcome to part two Hometown Haunting. FYI, not much info in this episode about our search for Patrick because, well, it's part two of the Hometown Haunting, and it's Halloween. And you want to be spooked, and I understand, and so I'm going to spook you. Boo! Just kidding. Although, were you scared? Okay. Now, if for some reason you are starting beyond at this episode, truly, what's wrong with you? Starting at a part two is psycho. But also, I forgive you, and I'll give you a 60-second recap just to catch you up. Time starts now. I was leaving a comedy show in late March when a friend of mine, Rosie, told me that she had a crazy haunting story about her hometown that she experienced 20 years ago with some high school buds. I had her come into the studio with one of her friends, Juwan, and they told me the story. And it's truly terrifying. They and two other friends went to a park one night their junior year of high school and got pulled into different directions of the park because they heard stuff. Juwan was pulled to the playground where he heard kids laughing and he got very sad and cried on a hill. Been there. Rosie and Ellen were pulled to a tree down the hill from the parking lot where they saw a male figure hanging from a noose and once they saw him, he pulled himself out of the noose and wrapped himself around the tree to scare them. I know. Fuck that ghost. (laughs) Then they ran back to the car screaming, but they couldn't run because it felt like they were being held down by energy or something like that. Or goo, or gack, because we love Nickelodeon. And they got back to the car. No one said anything because they were literally in shock until they got back to Will's house. Not Will Byer, in case you were thinking that. And Jawan asked for a paper and pen in a weird way. He was like, paper and pen, paper and pen. Honestly, I love that. And then he drew exactly what Rosie and Ellen saw, even though he was not with them when they saw it. They still question and talk about this haunting 20 years later, which is why I, Mike Kelton, Carol's best friend, called my good friend Asa, the magical medium, and said, Babe, will you come on a ghost hunt with me? And Asa said yes. And now here we are. How long was that? Yeah, that was a little bit longer than a minute. But guess what? You don't care because now you have the info. You're welcome. Wow, this is a psycho merge. Yeah. Wow, that's like very This dangerous. is me, Team Haunt producer Tracy, oh, and that. magical medium and friend Asa like, in, I'm, wait for it, I mean, a car. We did it, we did it very calmly. Knows, like, I'm a, like, I mean, you'll see, but I'm a very comfortable driver. Honestly, I am actually a good driver, and this is something I like to tell people all the time because it very much validates me. So now you know, and if you ever see me in a car, you'll know that I'm doing a great job. <laughs> okay. It's also very good for you to know that we didn't tell Asa pretty much anything about this besides the fact that we were picking him up with iced coffee and would have him home by midnight. Because if not, Asa turns into a pumpkin. And that's for all my hardcore Cinderella heads out there. (laughs) Okay, I see you, my Disney queens. All right, so you guys have to tell me where we're going today. Okay. Do you know, Tracy knows the exact address. But yes. But we're I going just to... want to know what city, first of all. Okay, that's a very good question. <laughs> I don't know what city I'm going to. I actually love that question, Ace. So we're going to Stratford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going. <laughs> Yay! Blankly in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. We're going to Stratford, Connecticut. Um, specifically, 
we are going to a couple places in town that Rosie and Joanna are going to show us, but specifically the location is Booth Park. Booth Park? Yes. Oh, good. I can, start vibing. Park. I can start vibing on Booth. And should we tell them? Yes. Well, we're going to... <laughs> where we're meeting them is by where? We're going to... It's called St. James Catholic Church, I believe. And whose grave is there, Mike? Okay, buckle up. We are meeting at Freddy Krueger's grave. That's right, Carol. We're meeting at Freddy Krueger's grave. <laughs> no, but seriously, Rosie did call us and tell us to meet at a location that she thought was Freddy Krueger's grave. And we went on Google and we looked it up. And apparently, Freddy Krueger's actually based on like a town in California. But also, Stephen King did live in Trafford, Connecticut at a time. So, for the purposes of our story, we're meeting at Freddy Krueger's grave. This story specifically stuck out to me because there were a couple weird things that came up. And I don't want to overshare, but I do want to share this with you, Asa, because this is, this is like something I want to figure out. They talked about when they were walking around, like feeling like they were walking through goo or like it was like slow to walk. And that was like... So that I, is yeah. a really common manifestation if you are entering into a vortex. It can happen when you enter a, a sacred site. Uh, it can happen when there's a presence. You know, there's, and and that can have take on different uh, uh, perceptions, different feelings. You know, the energy. So you can walk through that goo, and it might be just a sense of like stepping through something sacred and stepping like like yeah, stepping through time or through energy in a way. But it can also have the characteristics of things that are really dark. Or you know, it's one of the ways that spirit can reach us is because ultimately it's like the energetic field of the space. They can alter, if they've been able to penetrate the veil, they can alter the vibration of the space and that we feel that in our aura and our being and we're sort of actually literally walking through a thicker or denser kind of energy. Okay, first of all, we are obsessed. And while I've never penetrated the V, I was excited to today, maybe for the first time ever, penetrate that V. P that V. Okay, (laughs) just so we're all super clear. V stands for veil. Okay? Get your disgusting head out of the gutter, Carol. You're sick. What you're thinking right now is sick. You're sick. <laughs> anyway, I went on to ask Asa if he ever gets legitimately scared. Because, let's be real, penetrating that V must be terrifying. As somebody who's done plenty of that exploration and loves to sort of go into those situations, when you really get a haunting and it really happens... I don't care how long you've been doing it. There's an oh fuck moment. Yeah. You know? yeah. There's a like, oh, did I did I really bargain for this? Like, what am I stepping into? That's exactly. And I'll tell you, I don't. Right. I don't care how much experience somebody has or what their background is. It's it's exciting, but it's when you actually connect with something that's on the other side of the veil that's having an influence on this side. There's an energy to that that's that reaches inside you. It's trauma. It's trauma. Yeah. Well. It could be trauma or just might be a recognition of like we're we're outside of the realm of my rational experiences. I'm actually saying, you know, even when you're looking for it, there's a moment where you realize you've entered a different kind of world and it's not one that you're familiar with. One of the things that starts to happen, see when when energy penetrates from the other side to here, you have to remember that that they're still not physically here. Most of them, most of the time, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't rare occasions, but most of the time they're not physically manipulating the room, right? They're not physically picking up a knife and stabbing you in your body or something like this if you're dealing with something dark. Happy Halloween, babe. But at the same time, you know, it's you're connecting through your energy. It gets inside your head. It gets inside your emotions. And the more it gets inside your emotions, your emotional body is wholly connected to your astral body, which is basically the place we go when we dream at night. You know, it's where our, our dreams are, our imaginations. We, we tap into the astral all the time. And it's... It's highly magnetic, the astral. What you think happens immediately on the astral. But at the same time, things don't tend to last. They're temporary on the astral plane, right? So even if you take it to a, a literal thing, you know, you have somebody who uh, was at a party and smoked too many cigarettes and they get to the end of the night and they make this astral level decision where they're just like, I'm never smoking again. I'm done. I quit. They wake up the next day. A couple hours in the day, they feel better and they're lighting another cigarette. You know, this is astral. It's, it's quick. It's magnetic. Uh, but it, and it feels so absolute in the moment, but it doesn't necessarily stay. And and it's a place where like a dream, right? Like like a dream where something kind of visceral happens. You feel it, but you wake up and you're like, oh my god, it didn't. 
that didn't happen. Right. But I, but you feel like it just happened. So when you enter a haunted space, and if you have something on the other side that's having an influence, most of that influence is on an astral level, which is hitting your emotional body, which then will begin to affect the chemicals that are pumping in your brain and your rational mind and all of that stuff. And so it can get really disturbing and skewed. Okay. I just want to note real quick that this conversation will come up later. Because while Tracy and I were really excited to go on a ghost hunt with Asa, Juan, and Rosie, we had no idea at this time while we were driving up 95 that we, in fact, would get wrapped up in, um, hmm, fuck, I'm giving too much away. <laughs> okay, back to Asa. Um, but it's one of those things, if we could remember that we're safe and that we actually are still the dominant ones. We're the ones in body, you know, and to really ground that and create the right protection around ourselves to not lose ourselves in those in those things, then we can remember that there's a, it's not that there's no influence, but there's a limit to the influence that's coming from the other side. So it's good to know that there is a limit to experience. Literally few. So Carol, let me set the scene for you. After two Diet Cokes and three pee breaks at cute rest stops along the Merrick Parkway, we arrived at St. James Roman Catholic Church next to a small graveyard in Stratford, Connecticut, where, according to Rosie and Juwan, Freddy Krueger is buried. So we took a breath. And because we were still waiting for Rosie and Juwan, and because me and Tracy were literally scared, we stayed in the car while Asa got out of the car for a quick, sick break. And me and Tracy were obsessed with what happened next. Obsessed with Asa. He's straight up, like, talking. talking. Oh, he's straight up talking. He, like, has a cigarette. <laughs> he's, he's having a full-on, like, bar he's conversation truly with living his life. And he's talking to... Tree. He's talking to a tree. Plant, tree. I, or, the, or, honestly, we're at a graveyard. He's talking to... A dead person. Dead yeah, people. Yeah, dead, dead people. And it was at this very moment that our brilliant sound op, Zach, reminded us that we could hear everything that Asa was saying because he was mic'd up. And microphones record sound. All good, buddy. Present day Mike here again to tell you that Asa is legitimately talking to a fucking squirrel. What do you know? You know something. That's right. We are fucking obsessed with Asa. And I have no doubt in my mind that he talks to animals. There is not an ounce of my being that does not believe that Asa talks to animals. Just that we're all on the same page, okay? And FYI, that squirrel did know something. Because he was what? The keeper of the graveyard. And he's got a pension, bitch. Okay, so back to me and Tracy in the car. We were obsessing over Asa and witnessing literal magic. When, guess what? Rosie and Juwan arrived. Oh my god, there, there they are. They're here. They're here. Okay. Hi. Rosie, this is Asa. Asa, nice this is you. Rosie. Hi, nice to meet you. Juwan, this is Asa. Hi, nice to After meet you. After we all hugged, felt some good eng, and got mic'd up, we sashayed over to the grave of Freddy Krueger's. And as we walked slowly over to the grave, yeah, so basically, sweating it. Yeah. The, should I say the legend, or do you oh, want to yeah. yes, 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 yes. Okay, so basically... What we were always told is that Freddy Krueger, the movie, was based on a real, like, murderer child molester. And that when... And that's Elm Street, just so you know. Yeah, right there. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, so that's Elm Street. Oh. Nightmare on Elm. (laughs) So we were told... And it's, like, written online places, too, but it's, like, I don't know how to, like, fact check it 100%. I know, wait. But it's, like, common knowledge legend... that one. ...that when... Um, like when he had a trial or whatever and he like died and he was buried that it was like a sign of like um, like they couldn't put his like full name and everything because it was like too much of a sign of respect so they just put his name Freddy okay and was it so how did he die again did they kill him I don't know. I, I mean, mean someone a, told me at one point, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's supposedly like that. Um, yeah, it's right here. Um, it's supposedly like there he is. Um, 
that the parents like gang together yeah. and like burned his house down. Well, that's in the movies. Yeah, but, I don't like know I didn't know if that did was that based here. off of okay. the re like real lore of it or if it was <gasps> just. And look at how this. Oh my god. <gasps> <gasps> and as we arrived at this small grave with just the name Freddy etched into it, the craziest fucking thing happened. What? Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Asa. God. Are you serious? Okay. <laughs> you guys are not going to believe this. But Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We just we just have to Ethan say something. Literally as a joke, Rosie was like, "Let's meet at Freddy's grave." Okay? And we're at the grave, and the grave directly next to it, the name is Asa. Yeah, that's The name weird. on it is Asa Curtis, okay? So, that's somebody's got a, a phone. You got to take yeah. a picture from here. <laughs> and if you want to see that picture, Go to my Insta story right now. Well, not right now. Keep listening, but after the... I guess you can listen at the same time. All right, go to my Insta story right now. Wild. That's, that's literally wild. really... Because this really has, like, nothing <laughs> to do with our story, and we were like... <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> but Asa, he... You seem relaxed Asa's about very it. Chill. Yeah, you seem relaxed. Of course he is. It's <laughs> interesting. We're not, we're not a mere one minute in. We are not one minute in. That's interesting. <laughs> and Tracy was wrong. We were two minutes in. But that, honestly, to this day, was one of the craziest things I have ever witnessed. And I've seen a lot of crazy shit. I went to Bonnaroo once. Anyway, we got back into that car and took a little tour of Stratford before heading to Booth Memorial Park. This was my house. Yeah. Hi, Joan's old house. Hi, Hi Joan's old house. So, um, this house is, was super haunted. There's Ellen's house. And you guys, was the going to this park like a, a regular thing? Or was this sort of uh, outside your norm? Not, like, going to Booth, I don't think was like a super regular thing, but like doing ghosty, scary, witchy stuff was a regular thing. Oh, so you guys like to explore. You were, oh, you, were sure. you were tapping into that stuff then. Yeah, I feel like also it was like the thing that was, like me and Jawan, even though we're close and like BFFs, we don't really have a lot in common. I feel like witchy, ghosty stuff is the thing that was like what we were in common. Like, we don't like the same music. We don't like the same, like, we just don't have, like, we are really different. We don't like the same things at all. Now, on one hand, this road trip was about a haunting. But on the other hand, as we drove around Stratford, I learned that this haunting was also about Rosie and Juwan's friendship and how it may have actually connected them. So, you know what I find interesting too, like if your connection is friends, like it, high school was a long time ago, you yeah. know, you're still tight. Yeah. You're still friends and if if what connected you was the other side mm -hmm. and these spooky witchy things, then this experience is a is a pretty big part of your friendship. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would say so. Absolutely. I mean, I think honestly, like when the three of us, us and Ellen um, went through all of this, I feel like it honestly just made our relationship stronger because we, with the exception of Will, didn't really have anyone else to rely on that this happened. So yeah. it was just kind of like a, we all know, we all, like it's like an extra link, if that makes any sense. Um, Is that but, house? That blue one on the left? Yeah, the blue one. Okay. So we won't say too much of this because uh, Asa doesn't want to know this part, but this is this is the house where like you did come afterwards. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, that's, um, that's the well, driveway. I won't say it, but that's the porch we were when, when Jawan, uh, I'll just mime it to you, Mike, when Jawan. And to keep Asa out of the loop, Rosie was pantomiming drawing to me in the rear view mirror as I was driving, which is actually extremely dangerous. Yeah. So it really, uh, it's porch. so funny because I lived in a house at one time that looked just like that. Oh, really? Uh -huh. It is a cute town and it also feels so much, it feels so like suburban Americana to me. And then we turned the car around to head to Booth Memorial Park to revisit the space of this hometown haunting 20 years later. And honestly, you could feel the anticipation in the car. Rosie and Joanne asked Asa what they should expect. There's, I think there's a couple of things that could potentially happen, right? Which is that I might be picking up what's currently there, not necessarily 
what happened to you guys. So, yeah. you know, I want to sort of see what that energy is and then maybe see if I pick up a little bit of a link to some of what happened to you and then you guys can expand on that. Um, or I'll check in with you, depending. You know, we'll sort of see what happens with that. But that's why I'd, you know, I'm the as skeptical as anybody else about this stuff. So when I go in, I sort of, even in my own sense, look for those validations and those connection points to know that I'm actually plugging into something real. So yeah, we'll see I, how that, I appreciate that. We'll see how that takes place. And then we kept driving. And we started to experience, how do I say this? Strange physical sensations. Has anybody so, noticed the energetic shift since yes. we came down this road? Yeah, it's gotten darker. Major energetic shift. My ears, I hear like every time we go over a bump. Wow, that's wild. So yeah. we're here and yeah, I felt it. I just had to interrupt to say like there's a big energy shift. So you see where this we're on a spot. Out? You mean like you feel like your ears are popping? Yeah, that's the ears. Well, it's every the, time we go over head, a bump, my, my, crowns, my yeah. yeah, there's a lot of. It feels airplaney. It felt completely, very, very different to me. Yeah, we went through a gate. Okay, let me be hundo with you. It felt like we had just gone into a higher altitude. Like when you're in a plane and you start to feel the pressure about two minutes after you take off, it was palpable. And I think we had just peed the V. Okay, so before we get out of the car... I'm just going to take my seatbelt. Um, we're driving. It honestly does feel very thick. It does feel like you're, uh, you're, in a, you're in a plane and you're like... My ears are popping. Your ears are popping. So there's an energy that pushes down on our crown chakra, I will tell you. It's a, it's a little bit, uh, it's, it's not weighing, I don't, I don't mean this in a weighted way, but it's oppressive mm-hmm. to some degree. Like usually when you're out in nature and you go, your things open, you expand, you're, you feel like lighter. This is closed in and it's pressing down on us. And that's what you're feeling. That feels like pressure from the plane. And that's because we crossed a gate Oh, I called it a gate. We sort of, <clears throat> maybe it's the wrong word. I, I think that we've entered a land where things happened, a space. And I'll be able to, I have to sort of feel out more of what okay. that is, but uh, it's old. I don't think it has anything to do with the graveyard. I mean, it may have further sort of infused something, but I think it's old and ancient. And I think there's something that happened on this land and it's, there's a, it's a memory, right? And so it's in the land. There's wounds, in a sense, energetically. And so we, we crossed the line where you entered sort of the reach of that vibration. Right? Because, like, if something happened and you have a trauma here, right? And it's just like your emotional trauma. You know, your emotions might flare up like this, but how far do your emotions go? You know, same thing, energetic traumas. You know, how far does that energy resonate before you stop feeling it quite as much? You know, and so we, I called it a gate. We sort of went through. Makes sense to me. So, honestly, I was feeling pretty nuts. But I had to ask Rosie and Juan how they were feeling, especially because they were cracking jokes during most of the ride. It's, I think, I, um, and I think both Rosie and I deal with a lot of stuff through humor. Um, and so for me, a lot of it was like, oh, yeah, it'll be funny and funny and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm just like, even as I'm like talking about it, I'm getting like really <laughs> uneasy and I don't know why. Um, so I, I feel like it's like very unexpected because I don't know. I think I like talked to myself in my mind and was like, it's cool. You're fine, whatever. But it just feels very like a lot like frictiony. I have things for them too to make me more comfortable I have some I did if you guys want them I brought some stuff for protection sure just to sort of help ground and make sure that you don't take anything home with you I brought some for you too we of course said yes because we wanted protection from my magical friend Ace alright let's hop out of the car and do that and then I'm gonna let you lead Asa and we'll, we'll figure it out let's get out Carol, my spirit guides have a message for you. Just kidding. They had nothing to do with this, but I genuinely want to let you know about some of my fave new things that have made my life and sleep habits a bit more chill and vibe-worthy in the past year. CBD products from our season three presenting sponsor, the iconic Happy Buddha Hemp. I've been truly obsessed with the full spectrum CBD gummies for a while now. And I gotta say, sleeping through the night is an absolute vibe. It's made me more alert during the day and brought my general anxiety to an all-time low, which is a vibe. If you haven't tried CBD products before, don't fret, Carol. I was also a noob when I tried Happy Buddha Hemp products and I quickly found the perfect dose for me. I recommend starting with the gummies and taking half of one 30 minutes before bed and see how it feels. The next night, do the same amount or go even further to really connect with your subconscious in the dream world. I can confidently tell you 
that I have tried and love all of the HBH products, which is why I literally asked them to sponsor my podcast. I know, it's sick. So if you want to get in on the CBD life, head over to happybuddahemp.com and use the code BEYOND for 30% off. Again, it's 30% off at happybuddahemp.com using the code BEYOND. This works for all of the products, Carol. So go ham and have a good day. (laughs) Okay, so we got out of the car, had a moment with Asa where he blessed us with some protective oils, crystals, and overall good eng. And then we took a deep breath and followed Asa over to a tree where he told us how to ground our energy. And if you just happen to be standing next to a tree listening to this podcast, I'd like to invite you to do the same. Carol or Sheila, a new one. So just for a minute, we're just going to all face the tree around here for a second. And and I just just think we need to ground a little bit. So I'm going to do a really simple grounding technique. And let me me tell you what you do. So I'm going to stand in front of you a second. So first of all, always it's great if you put your attention on the ground on your feet. You'll always sort of start to just connect with the earth beneath you, right? Just even placing your attention there. But what you want to do is from your body, up from the crown of your head, just imagine that you can send light up down through the center of the trunk of the tree into the earth and back up through your feet and creating a loop with the tree and actually connecting with it. Just imagine that you can connect with the roots and the strength of those roots with the earth. Just keep connecting to that energy, that spin. And if you're doing this next to a tree, Sheila, and want some instruction, here's what we did. We closed our eyes and imagined our spirit connecting through the ground, up into the tree and back out of the tree into our body, becoming one with nature. Hmm. Anybody feel a shift? Mm-hmm. I feel wobbly. I, you're, you're very empathic and sensitive with energy, and so you really alter in a certain way when you connect to things. And I think it's part of it is, I really think there's something very um, raw, psychic, ungrounded in you. So like when you start to have these experiences, they become very physical. And so doing something that grounds you on a regular basis would be really great. You know, like connecting yeah. with a tree barefoot and, and doing that. Yeah. In the car, when we were talking about it, I was like very close to tears. Um, and I was just... When we got here. Yes. And, like, even walking here, like, seeing all this and just being, like, Ugh, like, Ugh, and feeling a little icky, you know? And then, like, doing the grounding. And, I, like I said, like, it puts some space there. But it, like, really lets me, like, look... Like, yeah, like, it. it's, like... How do I, how do I analogize this? Like, if there's like a menu, right? And I can see like, okay, anxiety, fear, intrigue kind of a thing. It's like I can kind of scroll through it and like objectively choose where I want to go, if that makes sense. So that is the benefit of grounding. And while Rosie and Juwan and Asa got grounded, this is very important for everyone to know. Tracy and I felt cracked. We felt cracked. I also have to say, I've just been like holding back a little bit, but... And I don't, like, necessarily feel that good to be 100 with you. I feel slow and out of control is how I feel. I feel, like, slower. My brain's moving slower. And I feel very distracted. I'm, con- I'm slowly distracted. Distracting. Distracting. Yeah. But, like, we're next to this tree now, right? We're in a circle. We're in the middle of this park. Um, there is six of us here. It's, like, takes my brain. My brain is moving so slow. It's psycho. My brain is moving so slow. So... But there's six of us here, mm-hmm. and we're sit- we're like standing around this tree. Does this? Do you think this tree, in its advanced form? First off, what the hell am I talking about? I'm gonna team tilt myself for a second. I have never in my life used the phrase "it's in its advanced form," and I'm about to go on to sound. Let me say it again. Absolutely cracked. Has feelings of like. These are people I trust. They're here for the right reasons or or they're good people. 
I feel like I'm on drugs. In the way that it's... I get what you're saying. And as you can tell, I have left the building. My brain has left the building. But it wasn't just me. What was weird about the first 10 minutes in this park is me and Tracy started acting like poorly behaved fifth graders. For example, listen to this. But there's some other trauma that that I'm picking up on that would be physical in nature. Are you guys? I'm so sorry. I heard an alarm. Did anyone else hear an alarm? No. Uh, Like a car alarm? It's really hard for me. I know. Not to be a bitch, but. No, 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 go ahead. You're you're pulling me out of it. So what's going on? Tell me about the alarm. I just heard like a, a bunch of noises, but we. Oh, it's like a psychic thing. I just heard. I was like, is anyone else hearing this? Anyway. Truly, I cannot emphasize this enough, but I'm going to try. And me trying is having Tracy, haunt producer Tracy, chat with me in the studio right now. Trace, you're here. I'm here. <laughs> okay. So can you quickly explain to the audience what we were going through in Booth Memorial Park? We are, uh, I just want to say, we are two people who are very present, mm-hmm. are able to do our jobs well and to focus, and we were loopedy loop. We were loopedy. We were distracted at every little thing. We could not focus, and that is very not. Not us. Not us. Well, because we went in with like we had a goal. We were like, let's record, you know, investigating this haunting. So we, you know, Tracy is very by the book and has plans and has like lots of things to accomplish and check off her list. So the fact that we were standing around and you were just like, is that a sound? Truly, was yeah. crazy. We were, we got in trouble. We, we got, got in trouble. trouble. We were, we were laughing at an intense moment. I mean, cause I heard what had happened in that moment just quickly is I heard um, a sound that I don't know where it came from, whatever that was like, woo, woo. And I said to Mike, I heard a woo, woo. And there, if like in the recording, there was no woo, woo. Like yeah. it's, we we're not even using all the footage of us sounding really truly nuts because it would take too long yeah it's it's crazy uh yeah we were psychically hungover the next day we both we were yeah we texted each other and we were like do you feel ill yeah and we both felt ill yep but i just want to reiterate for the audience like because they know that like i'm into the stuff and Mm -hmm. and you actually are like more more team haunt than al yeah but like you truly lost your mind in the park i was actually really surprised i felt so bad about how bad of a job I did because I was like I'm (laughs) producing this and should be directing my talent and I could not do a single thing (laughs) okay back to the show remember in the car on the way up Asa literally said that haunted spaces can affect your brain and the chemical makeup of your being well guess what Carol it for sure affected us for the rest of the night and that was just the first weird thing that happened again We were here to follow up on a hometown haunting, which leads us to this moment when out of the blue, Asa says this. Did you have manifestation with a man that showed up? Is there a male figure involved in this? Yes, there's a male figure figure in our story. And is there a... a, Because I'm not sure if this is yours like connected to you guys or not, but I think somebody hung themselves or something here. So What the fuck? I I'm going <laughs> Goodbye, Felicia! Forever! Oh my god. Did you tell him? Oh my him? god, no! You did somebody tell him? Rosie! Did he hack your files? Rosie, this is the did point! This your, is the point did he of hack this! Your files? This is why! Literally goodbye, Felicia! Did I can't even look at no. you! No, I did not. Wait, what the fuck? This is, is this a joke? Is so, this a joke? <laughs> Rosie, I promise you this isn't a joke. Is this a joke? I promise you this isn't a joke. She doesn't like to know things. You heard before. my old first season. First of all, I love that me convincing Rosie that we aren't hacks is me telling her to re-listen to season one of the pod. Iconic. But honestly, it is true. I want to be super clear with everyone. I did not tell Asa about this. What you just heard was actually how it went down. Asa picked up on a guy hanging while we were in the park revisiting a haunting where Rosie saw a guy hanging. That's shockingly just what happened. Asa went on to try and connect more with the spirit Rosie experienced. And to be safe, I'll just say this now, this could be triggering for some people. I'm trying to decide if it was suicide or 
if it was done to them. It's an interesting thing. I'm trying to connect into that because I'm not, I'm not getting a clarity there. Um, it wasn't here. I mean, it was in the park, but it wasn't here. Yeah. So we walked further into the park to see if we could get any answers about the spirit. And uh, let's walk. We're walking. I think down there. And, and we followed Asa them. down a large hill that brought us to a clearing between two large oak trees. We were deeper into this wooded area with what seemed like, in the distance, an old hearth that once heated a cottage. So, I think we should stop among these two trees here, this area. Before you get to your thing, Asa, yeah. can I just say, just so we have an understanding of, I know in post I can say this, but, um, so we've now been in the park for a little bit. We, we stopped at kind of like this mid-range area right next to the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, we connected, we, we got grounded in the space. Me and Tracy went to another dimension where we were just two kids in ADD SAT class. Um, but the <laughs> two of you uh, really seemed to uh, connect with Asa on kind of a, a little bit about the experience and who you guys are to each other and your friendship. Yeah. But um, can I like truly ask you what it felt like when Asa said, I have to tell you, we did not tell him any part of this. Yeah. When Asa said there's a guy with a noose, what was that like for the two of you? I thought you guys were punking us. I was trying to tap in a little bit more into, so when we first got here, I wanted to connect with the tree, right? That's where we started. And then I just started picking up stuff about you and we sort of like led down this journey and then literally I just had this image of somebody hanging and I was thinking it was in the park and then wondering if maybe that connected to your experience. But I wanted to sort of get, be in the land and feel what I feel because there's a lot of old wounds here, you know, that I think go back like hundreds of years, like old, you know, Uh, uh, and some newer, you know, both. So, uh, but for some reason, I don't, what I don't know is exactly why they're alive here. Like there's a way where we've talked about morphogenic fields or vortexes or energies, but there's a way where it doesn't feel like it's ever cleared. Like sometimes those things go away and... You know, you might go to an old battleground and it's it's a field. Like, you know that what happened there and you can imagine it, but it doesn't necessarily have the resonance. This has a resonance to it. Asa went on to tap into why this haunting presented itself to Rosie and Juwan. So it's funny because I think a part of it is a lot uh, the two of you. Sort of some of the psychic kinetic energy. Like you guys, it's almost like having people that play off of each other creatively or whatever. Like there's a way yeah. where you guys bounce energy. Yeah. So it is interesting. If you guys go somewhere, things have a way of like... You attract it, yeah. you know, partially obviously you want it, but you're also like, you know, you're, you're attracting it. Uh, so it still feels, it feels like it was a group experience. I, I will tell you. Uh, so I think there's a lot of fear around at least one of them besides the two of you being really shut down. Uh, so I feel like there's the rational, like, like person there's is it Ellen that you talk to mm-hmm. so I think she's got something going on too mm-hmm. I think she's intuitive and psychic and has a whole thing and I think she's somebody who's just like she has it in a container I don't think that's shut down I think it's like I put that in a box this is what it is here's how I can manage it and and it's interesting because she actually gives through her psychic energy so there's a way she's a real giver in the world is what I pay I haven't met her but she's a real giver and a doer and that so it's almost like she takes that sensitivity and instead of taking in she channels it out you guys are like opposite polarities you know you're like you're taking it all in and she's the one that's always like I'm gonna give and fix and do you know but it's like sort of interesting in there so what I keep picking up and that's why when I was staging I was like oh wow that's so weird but it's like you guys had a shared experience but weren't in the same space so I pick up the two of you sharing one thing but not but you weren't both there in some way and then I pick up mm-hmm. Ellen also having sort of like almost tapped into that energy and got also sort of swept into this like psychic we're altered and we're having like a trip here you know but but she wasn't necessarily in that experience she was in her own psychic experience so she was sort of having her own manifestations and things going on so it's an interesting thing because it's as if you guys were on like the right moon Somehow it was the right alignment of the stars and the right timing that you walked here and like this, this place was like alive with psychic experience and you tapped into it. You two tapped into it and to each other. 
the more we chatted about it, the more Asa seemed to be tapping into this specific spirit and answering a lot of the questions that Rosie and Juwan have had for over two decades. Do you remember the clothes? The clothes? I just, clothes of the man. I remember seeing oh, those. Do you remember just getting black. His, What's like, that? It was just black. So I, don't, for I didn't see what like, me and Ellen saw, we couldn't see anything like that. It was just like black figure. So yeah. like we and couldn't you saw a black make figure. clothing. Yeah. So interesting, you both saw the black figure. Because it feels old to me, and I think it actually happened. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's an image or an, a generated energy. I think that it actually happened here. Sometimes, um, like, I've, I've dabbled with this theory of, like, the way the la- the way what we saw him do right before we ran up the hill and the third picture you drew... Like, sometimes I've dabbled with this theory of, like, was he just, like, a jokester, prankster spirit because of the way he did the boo thing? I'm like, was he being lighthearted or, like, playful? and Or was he just, like, being evil, demonic, and, like, trying to be scary because he's evil? I don't know. I don't think he was evil. No? I don't think that he was an evil, and, and I think that... Just something bad light- happened to him. Right. I yeah. think that the lighthearted might actually be his personality and you might have actually tapped into that and that's a part of your your thing but I think something bad happened yeah because I just remember like feeling from the image like a lot of anger a lot of what anger Mm -hmm. and a lot of like like it was just like like and I think it is obviously like really old because the words that I were writing were not normal like us talking English. What were the words you were writing? I don't remember what the word, like what they were exactly. Yeah, I think it was a time when, when I remember the English being, were coming to America. This is where I was, think the time it was is very like about. oh, like Native Americans. I'm gonna make this up. Well, or it might have been early Americans coming from Europe, right? Like also either way, but yes, uh, that time frame, okay, 1600, yeah. 1700. Okay. Yeah, almost like so 1700s. Like I'm not gonna. It wasn't like ye old something, but it was like very Shakespearean, if you will. Like. He committed suicide. So this was a suicide okay. for sure. Mm. Uh, and it was really, and I think he lived near here. And I, it's interesting. I think there was a really odd group of people that lived here, like a sect, a community yeah. that was here. And I think it was really oppressive, you know. Uh, and I think he didn't fit. Like, I think that he was, he had something coming up. I don't know if he was gay I don't know if he was you know like had something but like he had something he was an outsider and he couldn't reconcile it and be there Mm. and I think that uh, I think he committed suicide because I think that he was more afraid of what was going to happen to him from being found out than he was from dying but I think you're right that he had a it's funny there was something in his personality there was a there was a humor he was an outsider in his group Mm. is it possible that this guy who was troubled might feel that we are here right now and could make a sound or try and communicate with us right now? Mm. Sure, it's possible. It is? Absolutely. I think that's what I was trying to tap into, whether I think he's stuck or not. I feel the presence. I think that he's not. I think there's something unfreed from here. You know, like there's a part of his energy that, like I think, I don't know if I would say his soul is haunting it. It's not quite that thick or like stuck, but there's a part of him that's still here that's never been freed of that. So I'm going to do a blessing before we go over there. Okay. We, I've just been, we've been thinking about him for like 20 years. And I'm just like curious about him. And like, I don't know, it would just be cool to get like a message from him or just like know that he's not like tortured. When I pick up with him, first of all, interesting. He's kind of tall and slender. Yeah. I can actually see his like um, dark hair, like darkish. And I think that he had, uh, and he was youngish. Yeah. You know, uh, 20s or so, you know. He was adult, but youngish. Um, and it's funny because he had a personality. Like, people liked him. He had an energy, you know. But he wasn't good at anything. And he felt like he wasn't good at anything. It's something he struggled with a lot. Like, good at the kind of things you would be good at in that kind of a community at that time. You know, so for the world that he was in. It's like he was born out of time in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how I've always felt. And I think that 
you know, you asked me if he was okay. Like he had mad, you know, like self-worth and depression issues, like mad issues with like mm -hmm. just uh, feeling like he belonged anywhere in the world. But mm -hmm. I still think there's something he did or something about him that he was worried about being exposed and that's ultimately why he killed himself. It wasn't depression, I don't want to live. It was, I don't want to face the consequence of that. And you think it might have something to do with being outed or something? Yeah, like I don't know if it's literally that, but it would have been something. It might be that. That's what I'm still sort of... Yeah, because he it's never... It's been a long time. It's a slightly hazy connection here. And I, I think he is okay. He's, yeah. It's an interesting thing. There's still something in the land here. There's something... It, it was actually the trauma. I think a lot of what sort of anchored it here was the trauma of the people. He was loved. Mm-hmm. I think it was the trauma of the people who were there. That and, that's, and it's funny. It's a big reason why he did it. He never wanted to disappoint them. Mm. And it's the trauma of the love more than it's the trauma of the death itself. It was the trauma of the love more than it was the trauma of the death itself. That rang in our ears as we drove away from Booth that night. And on our way back into the city after 75 slices of Stratford pizza, which is honestly very good, we rolled down the windows and felt relieved and exhausted. We felt like we had gotten some clarity on what Rosie, Juwan, Ellen, and Will had experienced over two decades ago. We went there to revisit a haunting, and in a way, we had a haunting of our own, especially Tracy and I. And we felt like we had made some connection with a kind and misunderstood spirit. Or so, we thought. I got a text the next day from Asa that said we needed to chat. So me and Tracy hopped on a call from the studio exactly two days later. And let me be super clear, this call got spooky in a real way, like not a fun way. So please be advised that this gets real. Here's this call. Asa? Hello? Hello. Hi, what's up? Uh, so where do I want to start? We were in a psychic vortex we were in a in a in in this land that was in my opinion that land is is scarred and it's scarred from trauma on the land and you know what got lost in our in our journey was the fact that we crossed that as i said originally was that gate we sort of entered this space oh i remember when we were we in the all, car yeah. that's right where we all felt it and when we entered that space we were entering sort of where there were these psychic wounds this space that had sort of created a uh a vortex or a space, a, a resonance, that's the word I'm looking for, of energy. And that resonance of energy is one that was so heavy. I mean, where did it go? But straight to our heads, you know, for all of us. It was, it was painful in our heads. There was pressure. Um, and, and so I, I asked my dreams about it. When I was laying in bed, I was like, you know what? There's everything we, we tapped into was real, but there's, there's just something more here, you know? And what came to me was that, uh, uh, no, that there was a, actually, how do I start this? Those children that Jawan heard at the playground when there were no children there, when he heard the laughing that draw him there, uh -huh. Uh -huh. I think is echoes of kids on that land and, and echoes of, of children that have a history there that were just kids but that had wounds. And I think the wounds are because they were molested there. I think that there was a... Uh, connected to that family and that house, in some way there was some sort of a, a, a child molester and abuser that was there. I think that I don't think uh, well, I won't even go into that yet. And I think that uh, that spirit that was sort of semi-playful, but then was sort of dark and hanging. That uh, Rosie tapped into was the other half of it. I think that spirit was uh, was probably the, the one who was actually the perpetrator and that the playfulness or whatever was sort of the tricksterishness of that energy was, was the way that he manipulated his marks. Oh. And I think that it created this, this is the part of the wound and it's not the only wound. The thing is that I think there's been like layers of dysfunction that have come out of the, the, the family and the property and the people that live there. And that's the community that is, that is there. And I think it goes all the way back to like, this started in the late 1600s, early 1700s, like I said, 
when we were there that day. That's what I was tapping into. Tracy and I sat in the studio feeling shocked and a little bit overwhelmed. And we honestly went back and forth a lot about whether or not to include this into the episode. Because we felt like, in a way, it was almost too dark. But again, we ended up having that conversation, we have all the time at Beyond, where we agreed that it's always better to tell the sometimes unfortunate truth, and that brought us here. And this was the beginning of some of the darker things that the universe showed us this season on my journey to find Patrick. We were reminded again that these hauntings come from a real place of pain and trauma, just like I had learned a year earlier at Cure Thrift Shop. And what I found most interesting about this entire experience is that we started our trip to Stratford with what we thought was the grave of Freddy Krueger. And in some weird twist of fate, we found it at Booth Memorial Park. Carol. Hi, Bish. I have a mini announcement. We are taking a two-week hiatus, and the regular season of B will return in a couple weeks. I know, I know, but babe, don't fret. What do you be will still be released and maybe even some bonus content, maybe with Andrew, if he agrees. Honestly, no promises. But you may be wondering why. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm currently on the road directing a drag queen reality TV show. And guess what? It's truly so much work. And I really don't like rushing beyond because it means so much to me. So with that, please forgive me and check back in a couple weeks for the second half of this season that I promise will deliver on Angel Wings. You get it. Thank you for understanding. And in the meantime, go back and re-binge season one. There might be some hidden messages in some of the episodes. Honestly, that's not true. (laughs) I shouldn't scare you. But thank you for listening. Thank you for understanding. And thank you so much for all the lovely messages. I will absolutely get back to you as soon as I can. Honestly, I... It takes a while to read all your guardian angel stories because I'm obsessed with them. So thank you. I love you. I will be back. Happy Halloween. Goodbye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.